Hello and welcome to night number 16 of 31 Nights of Frights, year three, the franchise. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. Night number 16, of course, takes us back to the familiar setting of Crystal Lake. This is the 1985 Danny Steinman directed Friday the 13th, part five, A New Beginning. So we are here now with our fifth entry into the Friday the 13th franchise. The last one was supposedly the final chapter. So where do you go now? Of course, you create a new beginning. If that sounds like sarcasm, yes, I'm being very sarcastic here because I do feel it's a major cop-out to kill your killer and then go and make another one a year later. Of course, there was still money to be made with the Friday the 13th franchise, and there was no way they were going to kill it off. Thankfully, I think this one is a pretty decent entry. It's uh, very funny, and the kills are way over the top. I actually find the series at its best when it is very funny and goofy, and I think the sixth one is probably a little bit more funny than what this one is, but... It doesn't really deliver on the scares, and I guess that's perfectly okay because you could think that you had those scary moments in the first few entries, and now it's where the series gets to have a little bit of fun with the whole premise. Before we get too far into that, I think we should go into a plot synopsis. This one continues the story of Tommy Jarvis, and he is now in a home for disturbed youth. In reality, it is a mental hospital. However, they do aim to do things a little bit different, such as having a smaller community type of feel to it. And it provides a little bit of a unique setting to this film. When Tommy Jarvis shows up, the body count also rises. So he begins to wonder if Jason somehow is back, potentially from the grave. And that's pretty much it as far as the plot itself. Again, there's not a whole lot that they could really do with this series, but it's nice to have that little bit of an arc. I do like that they are continuing the arc of Tommy Jarvis here, and it's interesting because with the way they left off the last film, you almost got the feeling that maybe Tommy Jarvis would wind up taking over for Jason. And I'm kind of glad that they didn't go that route here. It's never really suggested that Tommy Jarvis would be the killer in the movie, and I'm glad that they didn't go with the obvious. If anything, this movie really reminds me of the first film because you don't really see a lot of the killer himself, and I guess the hockey mask Jason, or Jason impersonator in this case, yes, it's one of those where Jason is not the killer. I completely ruined that for you if you have not seen it, but... In all honesty, it's not really a deal breaker because when the killer is actually revealed, you didn't really see the guy throughout the movie anyway. So they made a whodunit style film with a character that you don't really see. They kind of did the same thing that the first film did where we didn't really see Jason's mother all that much. We only see her pretty much to the last third of the film. And in this one, we saw the guy at the very beginning, if I recall correctly, and even then you weren't going to guess it. It's actually suggested that the character of Vic would be the one that was doing the killing, considering that he killed the character Joey, who I feel was killed off far too early. 
his dialogue is pretty hilarious with the way he's acting. And also, I did think it was funny when he got chocolate all over the fresh washed white sheets. It's a funny moment in the movie, and it just leads me to believe that this character was killed off way too early. However, he was used as a plot device, but he could have been used for some pretty funny comedic moments in the movie. It should be mentioned that this one too has some really decent kills. However, a lot of them are shown off screen. They don't really show a whole lot of violence here. And I'm assuming this is when the MPAA was cracking down. We do know that Friday the 13th part six, seven, and eight were heavily cut down from what they were originally. And that was due to not wanting the X rating. I don't know if the NC-17 was actually around at that point in time, but the MPAA definitely wanted these films more sanitized and they got their wish. Everything here is pretty tame as far as the kills go, but I do think that they had some pretty nice ones overall. Along the way, we get a road flare in the mouth, which is pretty impressive. They give you a slit throat, axe to the head, axe to the stomach, eye poke with gardening shears, not shown, but the aftermath is shown. A leather strap head crush, decapitation on a moped. Two cleavers through the head, machete through the bed, machetes through the stomach, railroad spike through the head. There's a few other ones, but this is just... <laughs> Sorry about that. I had to compose myself a little bit. I uh, actually just found it funny reading them out loud, and I don't know why I'm doing a tally on all the Friday the 13th kills. But reading them out loud just made me laugh. And speaking of things that make me laugh, the character of Ethel, she cracks me up in the movie. Her dialogue is unreal. As a matter of fact, this this one in the series actually sets a new standard for the like terrible, goofy dialogue and just stuff that will make you laugh. Like one of the things that she says, and I'm going to use profanity here, she tells her son, she calls him a big dildo and tells him to eat his fucking slop. It's probably one of my favorite lines in the Friday series overall, just because it's ridiculous and the way that she says it and presents it, it's really something that needs to be seen. It should also be noted that actor Miguel A. Dunez Jr., his line about the damn enchiladas is pretty hilarious and the fact that him and his lady decide to actually sing and have a little bit of a duet while he's in the outhouse. Not only that, he gets killed in the outhouse. You may know him from Return of the Living Dead, and then also you may know him from the classic Juana Man, easily one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Either way, it was just cool to see him here in a very tiny role, and it's a shame that he got killed off so early, but... He's been in a ton of different things, and it was just good to see him here. It also should be mentioned that this is the first Friday the 13th movie that doesn't open with a flashback scene. I guess that they pretty much made it that the fourth film would have been the final Jason Voorhees movie. They went and decided to not include flashback scenes because this was a brand new fresh start for the franchise, even though it was more or less more of the same. One of the biggest problems I actually have with this movie, because it's a really enjoyable film, is the fact that when you do actually see Jason or the Jason impersonator, 
you know it's not Jason. He's no longer this hulking big figure. Instead, he's very slim and doesn't look like the Jason that we knew him to be. So it's no surprise, really, that it isn't actually Jason in the film even though you would be led to believe that it was. And they even make it a point to show that he's wearing a different mask as well. This tall and skinny Jason is definitely not very intimidating at all, and he's also not very convincing. I do know that a lot of fans of the Friday franchise don't really like this movie that much, and it's really not a bad one. It's just kind of disappointing that Jason was killed off and he didn't make his return here. So in that respect, it is very disappointing. This movie does go on a little bit too long for its own good. It feels like it should have been edited down a little bit because while a lot of things are very lean and mean throughout the movie and it really wastes no time getting into anything, it also drags a little bit too. Because when we think the movie's over, there's a little bit more to go. And that could actually be said about any of the Friday films in general. The only other thing I could really mention about this movie is that the guy they got to play, Tommy Jarvis, he's okay in the role. He goes a little bit with the I'm emotionally damaged. I think he takes a little bit too far in the movie. He never actually overacts, but instead he kind of underacts. But in all honesty, this one here is a solid entry into Friday the 13th. So you know what you're getting with these films, and I'm glad that they tried to do something a little bit different, even if we've seen it before. I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. Also, if you don't do the whole social media thing, you can reach me at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. And if you need to catch up on past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. And the last thing, if you do have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners and continue to create content. Plus, I love those digital hugs. But with that being said, good night.